0: All right, so today we're doing water baptism, and we're starting on page 38. And the first scripture we have is, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness then John consented. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think Jesus meant by to fulfill all righteousness? I, and I'm sorry, I, and now comes the disclaimer, this is how I teach. <laughs> it's going to be question and answer. I'm... Um. Be like one of those kids in the class we're gonna be those guys <laughs> um, I, I don't know I, I've always just thought that um, Jesus was I mean he didn't need to be baptized in the same sense that um, like w- the rest of us like John's baptism was a baptism of repentance so Jesus didn't need to repent of anything but Jesus was setting a model for the rest of us you know that this is the right way things are going to be to go forward and so jesus was like what well, if i had to do it then none of you have got an excuse i don't know yeah. I'm i think that's wrong. perfect um yeah I, I also think this was a, a public act of obedience so yeah, that's exactly it i think for um, jesus to show that it i think he he highlighted the importance of it by just his actions obviously he didn't need to do it but you know, we sometimes wonder, well, are we doing the right thing in what we're doing? And now suddenly Jesus is confirming that this is the right thing to do. And I don't think it's showing the importance of him doing it. It's the importance of realizing that any act action to commit yourself to God is very important. So I think that's the importance of that baptism to show that it was so important that Jesus even submitted to the whole Action. That's wonderful. Is that Charlie's voice? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. And and we can see God's immediate response to this obedience, where He says, "This is my son whom I love. In him, with Him, I'm well pleased." Okay. All right. So if we look at the significance of baptism. <laughs> when, when i when i spoke to the um the teens last year about this i titled it making it official okay so if we look at what baptism isn't it's got nothing to do with salvation and scripture is very clear that salvation is through god's grace by faith alone and it doesn't regenerate our spirit that is the work of the holy spirit and there's also no um, magical or sacred qualities in the water. You don't have to track to the Jordan River to go and get baptized. What it is, is a public commitment. Um, and I, I like the the analogy that uh, Ed uses when he says, when a couple gets married, they exchange wedding rings. And these rings do not unite them, but they are a strong and visible sign of their union. like I was sharing with the teenagers, I said, you might have been in a relationship with someone for a very long time and and you love them. But when you get married, you're making it official. You're making um, a stand that you're going to be committed to them. And, of course, the idea of marriage scared them. So we changed tack quickly. And I said to them, "It's, it's like when you change your status on Facebook to in a relationship with and if we're holding back on on changing that relationship it it suggests that there's something we don't trust about the relationship or we're not sure we're going to go the distance so God is asking this commitment as that stand like I trust this relationship and I'm going the distance with this relationship and our key scriptures, when we're looking at at why we get baptized, is 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 4, in parallel with Romans 6, 3 to 4. So you'll see, you, I've tried to um, highlight the connections here. So Corinthians says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and this is of first importance. And Romans 6, 3 to 4 says that we were baptized into his death. So we are acknowledging his death. We're acknowledging his burial. Um, And through our baptism going under the water, we buried as well. And then coming out of the water, we're acknowledging that he was raised on the third day. And that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So this is all about taking part in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And just a few points that I've pulled out of the text on this. Through repentance, our sinful nature dies and is buried with Christ. Then through faith, our spirit is reborn with Christ's resurrection. So that's something that happens internally. It's spiritual. But in baptism, we understand that Jesus died, was buried, and was raised. And we see that in our salvation we also effectively died, have been buried, and have been raised. And so baptism is a physical demonstration, an outward expression of, of what has happened inside. And, and in the Bible, they, they don't get separated. It is it a case of the spiritual transformation made, and you made a public declaration that same day. And, and that's why the two are, are linked in Scripture. So baptism is not required for salvation, but um, it follows soon after as we make that commitment. All right. And to me, it's always been very important that, that baptism is a public confession and a commitment to a new way of life, living. Uh, it's interesting to me that um, when people have converted from other faiths they say that their family pretty much ignored their adherence up to that point. So they could read their Bible under the covers and, and pray and quiet and sneak out to meet with other Christians. But the day they got baptized is when their family rejected them because that was that public moment of saying, this is who I am. I belong to Christ. So What does our new birth look like? What does? Our human nature, which is by definition, dead. So when we're trying to understand what do we mean by it's dead? It's the part of us that was separated from God. who's the source of all life. So cut off from life, dead. It's also the part of us that's in rebellion to God. So in Genesis, when he says, you shall surely die, um, our rebellion has ensured our spiritual death. All right. So then if that's what has died, what's come to life? Our spirit. So a new spiritual person is born of God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here we are there for his children in the deepest and strongest of relationships. Um, I love Romans 8, 29. It says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among, breath, breath, among, rah, I'm getting sorry, among many brothers and sisters. So in Jesus's resurrection, he's the firstborn. And when we identify with his death and resurrection, we become children as well, new creations in God. So what does our new life uh, look like? Um, That very first scripture we started with where Jesus went to John to be baptized. Before then, um, the religious leaders were confronting John and saying, why are you baptizing people? We are God's chosen people. We don't need to repent. And John says to him, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. All right. So, in other words, I don't see the fruit of the repentance in your life, and therefore you do need to be baptized. And therefore, after we baptized, we should see fruit in keeping with repentance. So we have the scripture, and we are now um, on page thirty-nine, and we're looking at the third scripture voice there that says, "Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden in Christ with Christ in God. When Christ." who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is adultery. Okay, so this is when this gets like a little bit hardcore. <laughs> um, and when we look in scripture, that this idea of putting the old life to death and bringing the spirit to life is is repeated over and over again. So I won't go into this detail now, but you can look at Ephesians 4 and 5 and Philippians 4 and 1 Peter 4. It repeats very similar themes. Is everyone still doing okay? uh, Thank you, Janita. I'm I'm appreciating the feedback. (laughs) Everyone else, are you still alive? We are doing well. So awesome, needs okay. Good. All right. So, in summary, baptism is a sign of full identification with his cross, his tomb, and his resurrection, as we saw in Romans 6, 3 to 4. It's also an overwhelming commitment to repentance so 1 peter 3 21 says and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also not the removal of dirt from the body but the pledge of a good conscience towards god it saves you by the resurrection of jesus christ so that baptism can't can't clean us what cleans us is this process of repentance of turning away from our sin and back to god Um, so that he can restore us. It's also a sign of God's forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit because as we know, um, we can't do this on our own. When that new birth happens, the the old man is well-established. He's used to being in charge and the spirit is this tiny little baby. And so we need the Holy Spirit's empowering so that that new spirit can can overwhelm and put to death the old man so we've got two scriptures that go in here peter replied repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and then you will receive the gift of the holy spirit so again these two are meant to go together and I know that John's going to be talking about the Holy Spirit next week, which is our wonderful next step. And the Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to your spirit, and they are life. All right. Last, the method of baptism. So just a few things. When we say In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, this isn't some um, magical incantation. It's just an acknowledgement that we need each member of the Godhead to play a part in our salvation. We need the love of the Father, um, the sacrifice of the Son, and this relationship with the Holy Spirit to get this right. It's full immersion into water. So every single example we see in the Bible is is full immersion underwater, and it follows personal repentance. So when people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's also no scriptural reference to infant baptism or baptism before personal faith and repentance. I love the way Ed says here, um, before faith and repentance, you're just going for a swim.